Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And away we go. It's that part of the program where we get our panel in here and uh, we drill down on topics worthy of discussion. For Pizzaville, pound 3636. Joining us in-house, David Will, Senior Vice President of Media Profile. That's a leading Toronto public relations agency. Hello, David. Hey, John. Good to be here. Good to have you here. Stephen Holliday is the Deputy Mayor. He's a counselor for Ward 3, Etobicoke Centre. Stephen, hello. Hello, John. Always a pleasure. Pleasure to have you here. And Peter Sherman rounding out the panel, broadcaster, businessman, and former MPP. The Shermanator is well, I trust. The Shermanator is here. He is well, and he is looking forward to seeing you, John Oakley. All right. And uh, Doug Ford is going to weigh in at some point here. He wanted to respond to the walkout by the students earlier today. I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, I guess the Ford government is being criticized for on the education file. Oh, one of the latest, by the way. Let me send this one around the horn because they're promising that the teachers, because math scores have been declining, especially in that grade six cohort, you know, the EQAO uh, tests show that uh, only 49% of the kids can meet the standard, and it's fallen appreciably over the last five years anyway. Uh, It's just in serious decline. So teachers, regardless of whether they teach math, are going to be tested for math proficiency before they can teach. What do you make of that idea, David? Well, it doesn't seem very focused to me. You know, I thought the bigger class sizes were going to improve our math scores, so I'm not sure why we need to do this. But, you know, I, I think the idea of reviewing the training that teachers get, if we're, is it meeting the needs of the students, is the way to go. I'm not sure that my kid's geography teacher, we need to spend the money, the taxpayer money, which we like to talk about, uh, doing a math test is uh, worthwhile. And quite frankly, if I look, you know, my kids are in high school. Uh, there's not a lot of people in the business community who could do their math homework. So I'm not sure that every teacher in the elementary grades needs to, you know, do a test at that thing. So there's there's a lack of detail here, lack of focus, and I don't think it's going to do what it's what, what they are saying it's going to do. I think it's a, a look over here. And it'll be something when they negotiate with the teachers, they say, fine, fine, we won't make you write the test. We gave you some, we gave you a victory. That's oh, what this is. Okay, a bait and switch kind of thing. No, I think it's just, yeah, we'll we'll give in on this one. Oh, oh. you took us to the mat on that one. Boy, you guys are good. <laughs> wow, you're a strategist of the first order. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how do you see it, Stephen? I'm much in the same. I had this vision of a paper tiger the first time I heard this, right? You know, something you lance your sword through in the middle of the negotiations. Yeah, I mean, I think this is part of setting the stage for uh, discussions, for negotiating, for arguing between two parties and you set something up as a, as a giveaway. In fact, it's counterintuitive, in my opinion, to the, the approach that the government has to government. Um, it seems to me that setting up a testing regime sounds like a whole lot of red tape and a whole lot of cost to get people into places to test and regimes to set up. And, you know, it just, it just doesn't square with the brand and with the experience I have uh, with this government thus far. So, uh, perhaps just a clever negotiating tactic. All right. Well, admittedly, it is short on detail. Any merit to it that you can see, Peter Sherman? Absolutely. I think it's a good idea. And I'll, I'm going to go against my two colleagues on this. Hmm. I don't think it has to be uh, a regime, to use that word. I don't think it has to be annual necessarily. I don't think there has to be a venue. I think, for example, on PD days, teachers 
gather in auditoriums, and there's nothing to uh, prevent us from handing out a test that lasts half an hour and, and goes multiple choice. And I'm going to give you an example why, and it comes from the backgrounds of my own working experience. If you say to somebody who's in authority who works for you and who is otherwise an, uh, ostensibly a, a gifted manager, uh, why don't you reduce the staff by 10% this afternoon? And they turn around and say to you, this happened to me. Oh, uh, how many is that, 12? <laughs> and and the 12, is, there, there weren't 120 employees there. Mm. The bottom line is I ascertained that this person did not know percentages. And I played this on, on talk radio one day and said, uh, do you know percentages? Call in. My own producer didn't know percentages. A lot of people don't know them. Plain, simple math that we deal with, like... Where teachers know percentages is when you say we're going to give you a 4% increase. No, I don't want a 4, I want a 5. <laughs> How do you know how much it is? So I, I think the idea of a short test, maybe it's once every five years, is a good idea. It has to do with literacy. You're the guys who are complaining about, about numbers in the classroom. If we increase from 24 students to 28, what percentage did we increase by? Well, I don't know. Mm. That's not good enough. Oh, all right, so it would stand the teachers in good stead. By the way, uh, which producer did you just throw under the bus? Oh, uh, it was another radio station, <laughs> oh, John. Of course, <laughs> and it if it sure. weren't, I'd say it were. <laughs> okay, I just wondered because you know uh, heads were popping up around here. Uh, by the way, uh, then would you agree that maybe the teachers could all use a course in social justice and proselytizing? It won't be government funded, but I'm sure the unions will back it. Look, well, I think that the unions could give it. Well, this is the thing. Now, Doug Ford is going to weigh in at some point before the top of the hour because he wants to say his piece on this. But let me throw it around the horn because the students walked out earlier today. And uh, how do you perceive uh, what their complaint is? You know, like the additional class size going from 22 on average to 28. Uh, and I mean, there's the autism angle, which certainly has a lot of merit, because if you're going to dump that into, you know, the, the public system, that's a tough one to uh, ascertain how that will be impactful. But nonetheless, uh, Stephen, how do you see the student protest? Well, if I find out when I get home that my kids walked out, there's going to be some explaining to do. But no, I, uh, I, uh, I actually appreciate the point that the students have. They are the customers at the end of the day, and they are reacting to this notion that um, somehow the service level is going to be reduced because there's less teachers. I actually disagree with the notion. I don't have an issue with the reduction in the number of teachers to the high school students. I think they need to get really well prepared for university and what the world is like uh, out there. Um, I'm not convinced that this is some sort of a savage or, or lavish change to, you know, their experience at school. In fact, the most important thing that I look to the teachers for is to prepare them for the workforce. And uh, we go back to that back to basics curriculum, math. You want to talk about that one because we just were. Uh, the, the types of things that I expect to be taught to them are things that are relevant to what the demographic of the workforce is going to be. In other words, is it going to be a uh, maybe foreign competition when they're trying to get a job? And what is the math and, and the schooling regime that those students will get? And how will they be competing against our students? So uh, the number of teachers is a secondary issue. The curriculum and the quality of preparation is number one for me. And David, do you think the teachers have legitimate grievances here, given that uh, in the years with McGinty and Wynn, who were obviously very big proponents of education, because it stood them well uh, politically, too. You know, they had the war chests of the unions all uh, arrayed behind them. You've had, uh, I think it's 1,300 new teachers that were hired, but enrollment has dropped by 109,000 in those ensuing years. How do you reconcile that? Well, part of that, was during that time, they added full-day kindergarten, they also reduced class sizes, and they looked at a bunch of other things right. that help students. 
The, you know, I think, you know, if we take the ideology out of this, I think we can all be happy that engaged students will hopefully be engaged citizens, and that's going to benefit us all. I, I listened to Anthony Fury, uh, you know, who's a, who's a well-known social justice warrior, as we all know, <laughs> and he talked about his early days in there. But I think that that's, it gets you thinking about the issue, and maybe, you know, his, his opinions changed over time, and that's fine too. But I think if you get them thinking, I think it's really good. I think students are smart. And like Stephen, if I come home today and I find out that my kids didn't walk out, there is going to be hell to play. Oh, I was going to so, say, a chip off the old block. Oh, is what yeah, you, there's <laughs> not much this block is use for, useful for, but a couple of chips is all, you know, all I can ask for. Didn't you buy them extra small Che Guevara t-shirts? Well, no, we, we, we like the comfort, so oh. we, we got the regular size. Yeah, so we get double homework on the weekend for missing the afternoon. Yeah, well, that's, they're, you know what? They're willing to pay the price to have their voice thing. And I, you know, I just back on that, I think, you know, with the, you know, going back to the, the union part, I think, you know, yes, the unions, they feel they haven't been consulted with and it's like, um, they are the front line. So, we, you know, you can boogeyman all you want with the teachers union, teachers, elect their teachers unions first of all and the teachers have real concerns and they want the system to be better they don't they're they're not lazy they're not uncaring these are people who chose a profession because they want to teach and i think we have to remember that and be respectful of that and the engagement part is going to be the answer uh all right well sherman you were there in the legislature when you know these things were being hashed out uh with the mcginnian Lots of teachers on the front lawn from time to time right right and certainly with the harris years i mean uh, there was a lot of but so are these students coming from an honest place or do you think they've been propagandized is the teacher uh really also in the thrall of the teachers unions and this is that militancy being uh, shown on several fronts I have a bit of a duplicity in, in how I have to answer that question. There's a part of me that uh, harkens back 45 uh, short minutes to you and Anthony Fury, and you played a clip of a bunch of kids, and a couple of those kids had no freaking idea what they were walking out for or why they were there. So that's that's the half of it. The other half is David is correct. I think that kids have to have a sense of what social responsibility means. They have to be prepared to take it. However, I can tell you that in my day, if we had decided to – stand up and walk out of class we wouldn't we certainly wouldn't have been coming back anytime soon the 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 thing is here that uh, you need to understand what's going on what why are you walking out what's the reason oh you're afraid that you're not going to get as much attention if we change class size in high school by four people and then it's explained and i'm sure when doug ford comes on he's going to talk about it you know you elected me to spend an amount of money that you allocate you don't want any uh tax increases i can't do anything with what i've got i'm not asking you for a tax increase but i'm going to do the best i can with what i've got so you guys are not straining under the yoke which you say you are and you are uh and and if 24 to 28 kids in high school makes that kind of a difference i'm sorry i think that uh, the four we can withstand the four kids on autism, that's a whole other file that does fit into education, but it fits into two other ministries mm-hmm. as well. So there, there's a big discussion here. Yeah. Uh, I think it's six kids. Uh, it goes from 22 to 28. Well, it goes from a hard cap to an average. So that's right. that, that again, is, is part of the issue that the government has to wrestle with because it's not definitive. By the way, and those so, confused kids on the clip, we play, those were your kids, weren't they? My kids are my kids are never confused. No. As they will tell you they know everything. I got they know everything. <laughs> You're right. They're in that cohort. Uh, how could I disagree? Let's come back. More topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville with our panel: David Wills, Peter Sherman, Stephen Holiday on the Oakley Show, Global News Radio, six forty Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. 
Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 